everyone. How is everybody doing? Whether you're listening in the car, whether you're listening at the gym, even at home, wherever you are. Hello to all. My name is Amber and this is Reaching Your Potential. In this episode, we'll be discussing fieldwork. Fieldwork is so important in the field of occupational therapy because if you do not do fieldwork, you will not be completing your OT program. So we'll be discussing what is fieldwork as well as the difference between level one and level two. I will pop some little moments that I had during my fieldwork experiences as well as some key tips on how you can reach your potential. You see what I did there? <laughs> how you can reach your potential in fieldwork. So let's get started. Alrighty. So before we actually start with the topic of fieldwork, I just want to say thank you so much for everyone who is listening to this podcast without you this would not be possible for those who listen to this podcast via the apple podcast i would love 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 if you rate this podcast hopefully you give it five stars (laughs) to leave a comment leave a review as well as rate the podcast that will be awesome because that's going to help the podcast grow Also, reach out to me if you have any other suggestions for topics for future episodes. This topic of fieldwork was from a few people that reached out to me and said, hey, this would be great if you talked about it. So I'm listening to you guys and I'm going to apply whatever you give me and apply it to the podcast. And last but not least is to support this podcast by sharing with a friend, a family member, a peer, a colleague, Just share this podcast to everyone because you're helping to make this podcast go, grow, but most importantly, reach its potential. All right, I'm done on my soapbox. I'm ready to get started about fieldwork. So as I mentioned before, fieldwork is a vital part of the OT program because without that, we wouldn't be eligible to sit for the boards for the exam. So we have to have certain requirements in order to sit for the exam. Having your fieldworks is one of those things. I'm not sure for those who are listening how they feel about fieldworks, but for me, I felt like that was the best part of the OT program because you're able to apply everything you learn in the classroom and now you're in a real setting working with clients with these actual diagnoses. It's not your peer acting out the diagnosis. You actually have someone in front of you who is living this experience. And I think it's exciting that you're able to apply all of these tools, all this stuff that's in your tool belt, and now you're able to show your CI and your clients what you know. You know, I think that's pretty exciting to me. And it just gives you more confidence as you enter the field. So you have this under your belt as your experience. So I got this question before, what is the difference between level one and level two fieldwork? So level one is kind of the basis of everything. It's the foundation. We're not really doing hands-on learning here. We're just being introduced to the fieldwork experience as well as getting our feet wet. We're just 
trying to get ourselves comfortable with talking with clients and gaining a rapport with them because that should be the first thing that we should be focused on before we apply any type of OT treatment. Depending on your OT program, they will tell you how long you're going to be staying for your level one field work. I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I went to Ithaca College, which is in upstate New York, in Ithaca, New York. I love the OT program there. It was a five-year dual program where you get your bachelor's in occupational science as well as your master's in occupational therapy in five years. So you save a year, which is pretty cool. So my OT program was designed in a way where our level one field works were aligned with some of our school breaks. So for example, fall break, we probably had our level one field work during that time. So we weren't really, we weren't missing any classes anyway because it was already embedded into our program. Some OT programs for their level one experiences may do a certain amount of hours. We kind of did that, but I know ours was at least a week long, so about five days. And it wasn't bad at all. I honestly felt like it went so quickly because I was enjoying it so much and then the time was gone. So it just made me so eager to get into the field or at least get ready for my level two field work, which I knew was a little bit longer. In level one fieldwork experiences, you're basically talking with the CI that you have and asking them about their OT load, their scheduling, their documentation style, as well as what they do for interventions. In level one fieldworks, you're mostly the observer. You're doing a lot of observing, you're writing a lot of notes, you're doing a lot of activity analysis as to what the client can do in a certain intervention session, a lot of observation. Level two, on the other hand, is where you're able to apply everything that you have learned now into the field. You are using clinical reasoning, you're using your judgment, and as I said, you're applying what you learn in classes into your area of practice. So wherever your level two field work is, whether it's a hospital, a skilled nursing facility, a hand therapy clinic, a school, you are applying it based on that setting. Another exciting thing to think about level two field work experiences is that by the end of the field work, you should be able to carry a full caseload without struggling, meaning asking your CI for help or having challenges with time management skills, you should be working like a bomb OT, unfortunately, without the pay. <laughs> we can have a whole discussion about why we don't get paid during this fieldwork experience because level two fieldworks, they're about 12 weeks long. You can get a job during that time, but that's a whole nother story. I can, <laughs> don't get me started. But in level two fieldwork experiences, you will be doing initial assessments. You'll be doing intervention planning, documentation, documentation, documentation. Did I mention documentation? Guys, you're going to be doing a lot of documentation during fieldwork, but it's going to be very helpful though. It will. In the beginning, it's kind of tricky because you have to learn the style of your CI's way of documentation. But by the end of at least the midpoint of your fieldwork, you should be doing documentation with ease. Another thing to keep in mind as well is that you will have to present something, whether it's a project, a presentation, or something that you have created 
for the therapy team that you feel will be beneficial for them once you're gone. And I'll just add this one last fieldwork experience because some OT programs like my program had this option, which I thought was amazing because after the mandatory requirements of fieldwork, such as the two level twos, the two level ones, you may want that extra time to focus on something that you like. And I was very grateful that my OT program embedded the specialty fieldwork experience as part of our program. And it was only eight weeks, but it was amazing. For me, my specialty fieldwork was in inpatient rehab. And I went down to Georgia and spent eight weeks there. And I wish it was longer because I had so much fun. I literally thrived there. And I felt like that gave me the confidence as I was ending my OT program that this is one, the setting that I can be in, and two, that I am ready to be an OT. So before I go into the last section of the key tips on how you can reach your fullest potential in fieldwork, I wanted to talk a little bit about CIs. CIs, in my opinion, will make or break your experience. I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but CIs stands for clinical instructors. So these are the OTs, the OTRs, that are supervising you during your experience. I was lucky enough to have decent CIs. <laughs> I would say decent because of course some were not my favorites, but for the most part, I had great CIs. My last two CIs, which was in level two pediatrics, which I was very surprised because I'm not really a pediatric person. I loved her. She was amazing. I was in a school setting at that time and she was in OT for so long, for years and years, especially specifically in that district. And she knew her thing and we just we just bonded so well. We we meshed well. And then my specialty fieldwork CI, he was the total opposite of me, but we worked so well. He was a little bit sarcastic. I thought I was going to like that a lot. But I ended up liking him a lot. He was a very knowledgeable guy. Fun fact is that OT was not his first career. He was actually a truck driver in the beginning. So his story is really interesting. <laughs> he found out about OT and then the rest is history. And he was this older gentleman who loved farming. And <laughs> he was just a really interesting guy. I have to talk a little bit about that later. But um, he already had knee replacements and hip replacements and all this other stuff. But overall, he was an empathetic clinician to the point where he was able to bond with the patients, which I thought that was great to see. I, I loved him. Hands down, one of my favorite people. But as I said, CIs will make or break your experience because they really have the power on how much you can do. They can say, no, you're not going to do that. And then you can't fight them unless you really show your worth and show that, hey, I can do this. I was lucky enough to have CIs that trusted in my ability to care for clients and hold a caseload early during my fieldwork experience. I remember even in my specialty fieldwork, for the most part, I was holding the caseload by week two, I think, or something like that. It was crazy. 
But also that was my last one. So he already knew that this wasn't my first field work. So he was ready to drop all of his clients on me. But I didn't feel like it was a hassle or a struggle. I was able to perform pretty well there. So before we end this off, I wanted to give you guys a few key gems or some tips on how you can reach your highest potential in field work. The first thing is to know your documentation. And what I mean by that is you have to be very quick on how you want to write out your documentation for your clients in whatever session that you have done. Trust and believe me, when you first get your first (laughs) client and you want to write this elaborate documentation on your client and what type of setting you have done, your CI is probably going to look at you like, why are you writing a length page worth of stuff? And you're like, well, I learned that in OT school. They told us about Rumba and Coast, and this is what I need to write. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And you see, I'm going to be like, uh, okay, I'm going to tell you this. And this and another third. And to be honest, you just have to listen to them because, one, you are writing this document under their credentials, under their name. So just listen to them. But also know that once you're a clinician, you can write whatever you want. Of course, as long as reimbursable. You don't want to write things that are not going to help with reimbursement. But yeah, make sure that in your documentation, you are having the important key terms, such as what the client worked on that is occupation-based. How did they do? Did they do it with assistance? Did they need verbal cues? Did they take a break? What is this activity working on? Is it working on allowing them to increase their range of motion and strength to perform ADLs to get back home? You have to write those things, but in a simplified way. But just keep in mind that documentation will be challenging in the beginning, but as you go through each week, it will get easier. Another tip to give you guys is always have a pen and paper with you. Fold that bad boy up and put it in your pocket, in your scrub pocket, in your smock, whatever you're wearing, have a pen and paper ready. Because as you go about your day, you may not have time to write down or type down your documents after each client. So you may forget stuff that you have done in the morning and by the time it's 3 p.m., you have no idea what you have done, to be honest you are going to forget if you don't write it down. And as many instructors have told me and my peers in OT school, if you do not document it, it never happened. And you do not want that to happen to you. So make sure you always have a pen and paper at all times, writing down what you did, what time you saw them. That's very important as well. And of course, write down some bullet points on what happened with that client and were they successful. You know, things to help you as you document at the end of the day or whenever you get the opportunity to do documentation. Third tip, know your medical abbreviations. (laughs) You should know the generic ones because in a lot of these reports, especially in the hospitals, they use medical abbreviations all the time. So yes, we know what strokes are, but you should know that that also is a CVA. Traumatic brain injury is a TBI. Spinal cord injury, SCI, we should know these things. 
But there's also some other little medical jargon that we should know. And that's going to be applied into these reports. So you should know what these stand for before you go into field work because your CI may think that you know this stuff already. But of course, if you don't know it, don't act big and bold and act like you know it and you know you don't know it, you know? <laughs> be honest with yourself. This is a learning experience. Tell your CI like, hey, I know some of these medical jargon abbreviations, but I don't know all of them. Can you help me? And that's going to be better for you at the end of the day instead of trying to fake it till you make it. It's not going to work. <laughs> this tip is really, really important. Be flexible. Be flexible. I say this because we may have a plan for a client because we already were studying it the night before and you know exactly what you're going to do with this client or you know when you're going to see client A and client B and client C. Well, as you get into that setting and until you get into that therapy room, things can happen. Things will change. You have to be flexible. Your CI may tell you, hey, this client has to leave the premises for a certain meeting or appointment or something, and you now have to adjust. You have to be flexible on what you can do. Always have a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, even a plan E, because you never know. Anything can happen in the OT world. Anything. This next tip is mostly for my level two fieldwork students is to pick client-centered activities. We always talk about occupation-based activities. We never want to just throw our patient on the arm machine. You know, that is just so, no, that is so boring for that client. I always felt so bad if there was, that was the only thing that I could work on. I was like, I don't feel like an OT. Why am I throwing them on the arm bike? You know, I felt like that was so PT and I'm an OT. So always try to focus on client-centered activities. And I felt that during my specialty fieldwork, I was able to do that so much because of all the resources that was available there. So for example, I'll tell a quick story. I had this one patient, he was a lower extremity amputee fairly new, um, but he was so great. He was very optimistic, but also very determined to be able to maneuver with just one leg. So we were focusing a lot on balance and dressing and all the other stuff. And one thing that I knew about him is that he was from Reno and that's basically near Las Vegas. So he loved to gamble and he loved playing poker and blackjack. So because I knew that through our discussion and just talking, I was able to pick an activity for him that was client-centered but also enjoyable. So he taught me how to play poker and blackjack and that was our activity. And to upgrade and downgrade, I made him stand as well as pick the the poker chips, that's what they call them. Pick the poker chips from side to side. So now he's working on lateral shifting and balance as well as reaching forward with, for the cards, all this other stuff. So it was like really fun, not just for him, but also for me. <laughs> it was really cool. But that's just one example of how I use 
what the patient wanted to do or what he enjoyed and applied it into an activity that was beneficial for him. And the last tip I will give you is smile. Be happy during fieldwork. It should not be a chore. Think about it as an opportunity to get better, to get one step closer to your goal of being an OTRL. For me, I think showing a smile on my face will make a big difference on how the client will treat you. If you come into the client's room for the first time with an RBF, and you guys should know what that stands for, they may not approach you the best way possible. They may say, get out of my room. I don't want to talk to you, all that stuff. They're not going to be happy. But if your first experience or your first interaction with them is empathetic, passionate about OT, but passionate about them reaching their goal to go home, then the approach will be different from their part. The client is going to be working with you. They're going to be collaborating with you as well as seeing what they can do in order to reach their goals to go home. But there you have it, guys. That is the episode of Fieldwork. I will probably talk a little bit more about more fieldwork experiences that I had in my level ones, mostly my level twos and my specialty. One of my level two fieldworks, my adult one, whew, that one deserves an episode <laughs> by itself because I'll give you a little snippet. This fieldwork was in a skilled nursing facility, but it was majority Russian based. Most of my patients were Russian and they spoke Russian. I don't speak Russian at all. I'm not Russian. As I told you guys, I'm black. So um, that was a long 12 weeks there. And I would definitely do an episode on that alone. Of course, I'm not going to provide any names or anything like that or bash anyone. It was just the experience. And of course, I will keep everything confidential, respecting HIPAA, all that stuff. But I think there's something to tell because it was challenging. I had challenging patients. I had a challenging experience overall, but I overcame and here I am today telling the story. <laughs> but if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that I have mentioned in this podcast about field work or field works, definitely hit me up. You guys know my email, but thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to Reaching Your Potential. Bye for now.